Today is Friday, January 26th. The title for our devotional is Crave Pure Spiritual Milk. Finally, this week we come to our final imperative in this passage in 1 Peter uh, 2, 1 through 3. He writes, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Peter concludes this section by imploring his audience to, quote, long for the pure spiritual milk. In 1 Corinthians 3, 2, Paul uses milk in a negative sense to represent the believer's lack of maturity. Here, there is no indication that this is a negative. Uh, regardless, this is a curious statement yet again. What is the milk in Peter's mind? He doesn't say exactly, so it's difficult to say for sure. Uh, but I think the best option is to take it as a broad reference to living according to the way of God or in the presence of God himself. In verse 3, he quotes Psalm 34, 8, which also references the sense of taste. And they are to taste there that the Lord himself is good. This milk is said to be pure and spiritual. The word translated as spiritual is a difficult word to translate. It occurs only here and in Romans 12, 1. Without getting into the weeds with it too much, it seems best to take it as meaning that which is true or appealing to the ultimate reality. Okay, so uh, to long for the pure uh, milk that is true and appealing to the ultimate reality. Okay, therefore, the idea is that as newborn infants, see also again in verse, in verse 3, verse 14, verse 17, you see this theme again and again, where newborn infants were born again into the family of God. As newborn infants, his audience is writing to you, they need a sustenance that corresponds to their new nature. The food of this new nature is the things of God, that is, loving one another genuinely, holy living, their inheritance in heaven. We are to long for these things like a baby longs for milk. A hungry baby crying out for milk is the picture he paints of us, and how desperately we should long for the things of God. He goes on to say that these things of God will mature us into salvation. Again, if we are viewing salvation as only where we go when we die, this statement makes little sense. Instead, salvation is the deliverance from the effects of sin in our lives. This is the process of becoming more like Jesus. So, as we long for our inheritance in heaven, we are less attached to the things of this world. As we long for holiness, sin becomes less appealing. As we long for loving one another genuinely, the vices listed in verse 3 become heinous evils in our eyes, not some necessary exemptions to get what we want. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander, those become heinous evils the more and more we long to genuinely love one another. It's in this vein, then, that he contrasts the things of God with the things of this world. As we just said, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. These are not the pure spiritual milk we are to long for. In fact, these are the opposite of them. We are to put these things away. Remember, we must be counterformed from uh, before we can be formed into the image of Christ. This term, put these away, is often used of taking off clothing. So the sense of the picture is that we are taking these things off of ourselves in the counterformation process of discipleship, and in turn, longing for the things of God. Notice how all of these are social evils. Again, the idea of a Christian in voluntary isolation is foreign to the way of Jesus. Finally, in verse 3, he ends this section with a reference to Psalm 34, 8. You'll notice he eliminates the and see from the passage in Psalms. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is just to keep consistency with his metaphor of tasting milk. I think he knows it says see. Uh, with the conditional, if, he is assuming... Uh, for the sake of argument that they have. So he's assuming that they have tasted that the Lord is good. 
tasting that the Lord is good will lead to this longing for God and the things of God. This reference is a sign of Peter's just utter saturation in the word of God. The themes of Psalm 34 are similar to the themes he is writing of here in this letter. Uh, This was written by David when he was in an exile of sorts. The following verses would have been a great comfort to his readers as well. So Peter is likely hoping that this reference will draw their attention to this passage and they'll find hope in it as well. So let's read a few of the verses from Psalm 34 and see these same themes from Psalm 34 that Peter is applying uh, to his audience, uh, the believers who have been exiled to those distant regions of Asia Minor. Psalm 34, 1 begins with, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. Remember, Peter begins his letter with praise and blessing to God, just as David does in this psalm. Psalm 34, 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. This theme of salvation Peter has been working throughout this first chapter. Psalm 34, 9, oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Just talked this week about the fear of the Lord. Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Just as David refers to his audience as children, so Peter regularly reminds his audience that they are children of God. Psalm 34, 12, what man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? This desire and longing, which we just read about today, this longing for the pure spiritual milk, this this life of God, the way of God, and to see in this longing that God is indeed good. Psalm 34, 14, turn away from evil and do good. It says, seek peace and pursue it. This holiness theme that Peter has been talking, we've been talking about this week. Psalm 34, 18 to 19, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. People he's writing to are brokenhearted, crushed in spirit, promises that, the, that God delivers them. Verse 22, the Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. This redemption theme that we talked about a couple of days ago. So here we again, we see how Peter is taking this psalm from the Old Testament and applying it to the believers, the church, churches to whom he's writing in Asia Minor. Today for reflection time, just long for the things of God. Taste and see that he is good. And if you have, long for those things more and more. He is so good. When we long for these things, they will cause us to mature into salvation. If you're stuck in your spiritual life, reflect on where your longings are. Are they truly rooted in the things of God or in something else? Remember, we're not motivated so much by our knowledge or rules or duties as we are our longings. So explore your heart today and ask yourself if you genuinely long for the things of God.